You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, this week on Walk It Out, I'm excited to talk with my new friend, Jessica Hoddle. Jessica's passion for helping others weigh less emotionally, physically, and spiritually. She inspires and encourages thousands by sharing her own personal struggles, victories, and journey through life. Jessica is a successful online entrepreneur, speaker, and podcaster for What's the Truth, and author of two best-selling books, Know Your Worth and A Worthy Wife. Her passions are being a wife to her husband, John, being a mama to their three cats, and spending her free time outside whenever she can. She has a heart that runs hard after Jesus and credits everything she's done to her Savior. So welcome, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, my husband's John too. So good, good choice there. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit just more about yourself, even beyond the bio. Oh, yeah. So my husband and I, we met on eHarmony. We met and we've been married for roughly four years now this June. And we are both type A kind of people. And that's really fun of bringing two type A personalities that are kind of go getters. So it's interesting communication. I am passionate just like about helping women get emotionally and physically um, just free uh, while Mm. keeping God at the center. And that really stems from you know, my own life of just putting everything of who I was and what I did in my body and in relationships. And we have three cats. <laughs> we love animals. We have no kids. And we live in Pennsylvania. I love that you talk about both of you being type A personalities, and I can't even imagine. So my kids always say that I am that little airplane twirling in the air, and my husband is the string that keeps me anchored to the ground. And I'm like, over here and over here. They're like, my husband's like, okay, what about this? And we need to do this. Um, So, but I also know that um, I've I've listened to some of the podcasts you've been on and um, just your story about eHarmony. And I know so much of even getting there came from you really seeking the freedom and the worth and the wholeness even before you got to that point. Um, And I'd love to share a little bit about that because I think so many times, you know, we feel like there's all these things we want and if we don't pursue them, we're not going to get them. But really it came to you saying no and putting boundaries up in your life to you getting the better yes. And I think that applies to so much. You talk about emotional freedom and physical freedom and spiritual freedom. It is um, the thing I wrote down was saying no to some things for a better yes. So I would just love for you to share a little bit about that. Just in general or the journey of the eHarmony journey? I would share a little bit about eHarmony and just that then the whole theme about just even in your life, what does it mean to say no to some things for a time to get that better yes? Mm. Yeah, I think even the journey of the eHarmony can relate to anything like you just said in the life of the in the sense of I came to the end of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I 
tried to do dating my way. I sacrificed uh, what integrity was, authenticity. You could tell when I was dating somebody new because I changed who I was. Mm. And I finally had hit this point where, okay, I'm not doing it my way. What are God's standards? And let's just go with that. And I think translating that into everyday life is, are you changing who you who you are based on who you're around, you know, in the business realm? Or are you doing things that you know you're not called to do, but you're comparing yourself and doing other things because other people are doing them? You know, this really bleeds into every area of our life is this desire to be everything to everyone, to do everything so that we can have this badge that says, look at how smart I am. Look, I'm being seen. And sometimes it's just that deeper calling in our hearts that want to have somebody say, hey, girl, I see you. I know you and I love you, which is that deep call of the heart of the father, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that is really where a lot of that stemmed from was I got to the end of myself and I decided that doing it this way wasn't working Mm -hmm. and I needed a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember being that, getting to that point. And when I got to that point, I was 17 and pregnant (laughs) and (laughs) dropped out of high school. And my boyfriend had a new girlfriend. And even though I had gone to church growing up, I mean, I just wanted that love and just, I felt I'd only be whole if I was dating another person. So even as I was dating someone, I'm like, oh, is he the right one? Or should I be dating this other guy? I mean, just this desire to feel like you, you want to be loved. And you know, me for me, it was when I was pregnant and alone, and I realized, okay, maybe mm-hmm. God does have a better way. And then afterwards, He brought um, my husband John to my life. With I had this little baby, and it was just a completely d- different person than the type I had pursued before, because it was someone who was so sure of himself and so sure of God's plan for him and so sure that, you know, he saved himself and he was pure. And it was like, okay, this is what I needed. But I think I love how you say, like, when you got to the the point where you were um, ready to just turn it over to God and do things his way, that's when things change in our lives. And Mm -hmm. that can apply to so many areas of our lives. Yeah. And I, it's that willingness to confront. And, and for me, it was stop blaming every person, everything, every situation. Because when I blame, I can't take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the um, kind of deflecting the emotions that I should be feeling and experiencing and the stories that I need to retell versus kind of blaming it on other people about why my life is the way it is. Yeah. And that whole taking responsibility and not putting the blame allowed me to go, okay, no, it's not all these other people. It's not the situations or the webinar or the book or whatever. It was, oh no, I needed to reel in, so to speak, where I was pointing the finger and I needed to point it back at myself so that I could experience the freedom Christ has for me so that I can walk out his promises in my life. Yeah. And I think, you know, once we're willing to do that spiritually, we can start doing that and we can see it like change us emotionally and physically. And I know that you are so passionate about that. So what do you think are some of those lies that keep women just keeping up with whatever is comfortable instead of really seeking what God desires for them? 
<laughs> what I'll share my own that kept me in, okay. in a lot of bondage was this idea that God wanted me sick mm. and God wanted me sick so that he could teach me a lesson. So in the lesson, why would I try to challenge or fight or go against what I, if he was teaching me a lesson? And even you, we can take that into very, very specific situations. We know we know that God is not the author of sin. He cannot be the, the author of the consequences of sin, but he's also not looking at us through the lens of our sin. And a lot of times it's taught, you know, oh, you, you sinned. So God is punishing you mm-hmm. or whatever. And that had really kept like that was a big lie that kept me down for so long, I think because I wasn't pursuing healing or the truth because I was looking for the lesson, which kept me more in bondage of fears, of insecurities, of doubts, all of those things, because I thought this is what he wanted for me. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to that place where you're like, okay, no, I need healing. (laughs) I would just love to hear that because I think so many people now are probably listening like, okay, I can relate to that so much, but I don't know where to go and I don't know how to find that healing. Well, for me, it was actually hearing because faith comes by hearing, but also doubt. Doubt comes by hearing too. And so it was hearing the words that somebody spoke of God wants you well. Mm-hmm. You know, you are a well woman fighting sickness, not a sick woman fighting to get well. And that is a complete changer for me. And so hearing those words that God wants me well, it was this idea that, okay, like he is for restoration. He is for healing. So when we're believing a lie, that tends to lead to destruction in our lives. And that's how we can recognize it. Destruction of all kinds. We, that's how we respond out of our insecurities and our stories and our pains and how that can bleed into our physical, you know, chronic illnesses. And then when we believe the truth, that leads to restoration and healing. You know, God is always trying to close a loop of our pain and to begin to walk that out for me started, you know, five years ago or gosh, six years ago. Um, I guess it would be actually almost 10 years ago because I've never <laughs> you're, like, you're like counting up in your mind right now. <laughs> gosh, I'm like, how many years ago? Because I'm like, I've been married to my husband for four. We met, and but I was still working with my spiritual father. But even in that almost 10 years ago, I guess you could say, when we started working together, I had somebody in my life speaking truth. Mm-hmm. And then it was this, you know, six years later when somebody was actually speaking another truth of God wants you well. And so you could say that this has been a journey coming, which is why I get passionate now of if I can help women, I don't want to say speed up their healing journey because everybody, it comes in layers, but just the awareness that God does want you well and he wants to take the the pain and he wants to um, work through this process with you, then I'm like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, that is so good. And I love just seeing yourself as, okay, God has made me whole. Let me just walk in this and let me not see myself as broken and I mess up and look at me. And it's almost like understanding who you are in God's eyes and understanding his grace. Um, And I think, you know, in my life, um, I could, you know, in my work, I'm confident because I'm like, I could write this book, I could do that. But in other areas, I feel like, oh, I just mess up and I struggle. But when I have confidence that, no, I can make good choices. I can eat healthy. I can exercise. I can take time to with my Bible to renew my spirit. When we are walking in that place of what I can do instead of look at all the ways I mess up, it just changes kind of our outlook on life. 
Yeah. I was reading, you know how you just read a scripture and then you, you're like, okay, this, okay, this is good. You know, when it talks about walking in the spirit to deny the flesh, it was just like this revelation that I had. Cause most of us are like, okay, deny your flesh and then you'll get the fruit of the spirit. But scripture tells us it's the opposite. When we walk in the spirit, so when we claim God's truth, we'll act, we're actually denying the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big one of, yes, I can, I'm going to walk in the truth so that I can live out the truth and my insecurities and all of those things can kind of be denied, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's this subtle flip that when we, instead of trying to just get rid of, but I actually bring the truth to it first, it's it's really life-changing. Yeah. I love that so much. And I just love, I mean, just hearing you talk, I hear freedom, I hear worth, I hear wholeness. And I, I think there's so many times people are like, yes, I need this. I need this. So um, what would you say to the, that person? Like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I still overeat. I hear what you're saying, but I still struggle with sitting down and reading my Bible. I hear what you're saying, but I really don't want to get up and exercise. It's so much easier just to turn on Netflix um, to just help us. And okay, so I don't care about TV and I'm, I'm doing so much better. I've lost like 25 pounds over the last, oh, probably year. Just like, I don't need to eat that right now. But my thing mm-hmm. is definitely like, oh, I'll go on a walk tomorrow. <laughs> so here, yeah. well, so I'm talking about, you know, you can encourage those other women out there, but maybe you just need to start by encouraging me today. <laughs> no, I think that, and I think you were, you were saying so many nice, kind words about me and the, and the thing that was like, but I'm not perfect. Right. You know, and, and you that was like my first thing is when I often talk about these things, it's, we often think, okay, she's got it together, right? Like Trisha, she's got five kids. She's, she's nailing it every day. You know, how does she do this? And I just want to say that, like, I'm not nailing it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's this constant pursuit, which is why I have become so passionate about it is that, you know, freedom is ours for the taking and we can experience freedom, but we have to stay free. And that's our responsibility. And that's that constant pursuit of healing, of restoration. And I love just the beautiful example of ownership and stewardship of just God is the owner and we are the stewards. And uh, I've been talking a lot about like self-love and self-worth and kind of the unpopular topic of that is we become so self-focused that Mm -hmm. it's what can I, so we strive to do more, to feel more worthy. Like I need self-worth. So I'm going to put all my actions into proving my self-worth. Like I want to feel it and experience it. But if it's not based on ground on God's love and our identity in him, then what are we basing the worth in love off of? Most of us have to relearn what love really even is And if we don't understand that love is patient and kind and good and the fruit of the spirit and what that looks like, how can we express that towards ourselves? Because for some of us, it's love has been manipulation and, and very, um, very transactional and conditional. Right. But if we try to pursue self-love, it's this idea that I'm pursuing, you know, I need to be, like all these things to myself, then I'm expressing self-love. But when we look at through the lens of God's love, we can start to ask ourselves, okay, when it comes to today and working out, am I being kind to myself Mm. by moving my body? Right. Because then I'm the full expression of God's love, right? Because I'm asking myself of, 
am I hoping all things today in my body? Mm-hmm. Am I thinking in, in, in having faith? Am I producing the fruit of the spirit? And it's not to say that you get it right all the time, but it's a standard of, I'm not trying to make myself more known or trying to prove to myself or others of self-worth. Cause a lot of the times we do that. It's my identity stems from him. So when I partner with the spirit in my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, I manifest that in my body. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of like off topic. I don't know where that came from, but just the whole idea of we can be compassionate and kind to ourselves because the father is kind and compassionate. And I love that so much. Of, I just, I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes as you're talking. Am I being kind to myself and my body and my spirit and my mind? And that is such a good way to look at things instead of saying, I am horrible because I don't exercise enough. Or I ate that, you know, those chips before bedtime or whatever. You know, it's like instead of yeah. putting ourselves down, it's like, am I being kind to myself? Am, am I depending on the spirit to to fill me up so I don't need to turn to these other things. And it, I love that so much that um, this is who God wants us to be and who he created us to be. And I know even, you know, with my kids, if they're discouraged about something, I'm like, oh yeah, you should have done that better. Or, you know, I'm like, no, you know, mm-hmm. you are awesome yeah. and you'll get it. And I love yeah. you and I'll help you. And um, when we can see ourselves in the eyes of a God with that you know, in his eyes with that compassion and that love that he has for us, it can completely change our outlook and our day. Yeah. Um, oh, so I love this so much. It's great, great, great stuff. Yeah. And I just want to add too, it's the same thing with self-care and I, it's not denying the things that um, help us, but it's, the, it's just the extent when we're reading, are we being kind to ourselves when we're reading? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, again, it goes back to this isn't, I'm not doing self-care so that I can have a better body. Right. And I think it's really easy to keep doing that, but it's not to deny like the fun and good things that he's put on this earth for us to have either, you know? Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. And we can, when we're caring for ourselves and we are making healthy choices and we're feeling good, then we can celebrate too. We can have those times when we, when we celebrate the good things God has brought in us and not feel like we're slaves to that, but it's just part of the gifts he's given to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And I, and for me, um, I'm with our family, I mean, like dinner time around the table is just, I love that everyone's around the table. We're all eating this great meal. We have the conversation and it, that's what it's about. It's not about, okay, how many calories is in this? And of course, I don't want to like overindulge <laughs> every night, yeah, but absolutely. it is about that time together with the family and, and thinking about that because that is such a priority in our family, even with what activities we do. We, I want to make sure we're not filling up. Well, now, now, now we're not going anywhere, but you know, I want to make sure we're yeah. not filling up our schedules so we don't have that time together. And so I was thinking back to like, why did that become important to me. And, you know, growing up my house, my dad was, my stepdad who raised me was very distant. My mom was often busy, but it was those times around my grandma's table on Sundays or on holidays that I felt like um, appreciated and loved and, and cared for. So I just realized like, okay, I want to give my family that every night. And so it Mm -hmm. it is about that time of celebration and gathering out of God's goodness, um, instead of just like what, you know, what are we putting in our bodies? And, and it's a total different way to look at things. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking about how we tell our, we have certain beliefs and stories, which is our feelings and our body, our emotions tell 
um, our body what to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when we're pursuing self-love and self-worth is we're trying to really reframe the pain. We've let people walk all over us or we've over-exercised or under-exercised. So we're trying to like make up for these stories and these pain, this pain in our life. And, I, and that's why I, I'm a, obviously you can tell I'm more of like a deep thinker. I'm a question <laughs> asker. Like, let's go deep, not wide. Right. But it's just this idea that sometimes I think we were pursuing, like, I just got to have more love for myself. Cause if I have more love, then I'll work out. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do all the right things. Then I'll do this. Right. And, and it's just more of maybe we need to understand the pain, the stories, the beliefs, because you use a beautiful example of you can remember how your body felt around the table with your grandma. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to relive that because it was such a precious memory with your family. And in other areas, there's stories where we might hold on or believe about certain things. Not, I mean, not everything has to be deep per se, but just recognizing and honoring those stories that we are holding can help us really understand why we're pursuing the things that we are or are not. Yeah, that is so good. I just love this. And I just love it does go back to our our identity in God and Mm -hmm. just trusting how he sees us is how we need to see ourselves. Because I think we often focus on our weaknesses. And um, I help a lot of writers with their books and stuff. And they talk about, I overthink it too much. And I said, you know, because you're trying to worry about what is this person going to think? Or what is that person going to think? You know, just like tune into God and, and what does he want you to write? What does he want you to share? We don't need to worry about the Amazon reviews right now. (laughs) Just, just Mm -hmm. think about how God sees you. But I think that can apply to every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really huge for me with the identity piece. I've been talking about it a lot because it was pivotal for me of, you know, no, my first book, Know Your Worth was really just this acknowledging of worth. It's that you have it. I write my books on worth and you can see the progression and then own your worth is really this process of walking it out. And when I think about identity, I think about if we're made in his image and likeness, we are a replica. We're a copy. We see our original intended design in Jesus. And this is what I've been telling a lot of women lately and speaking this about is we have to know who we believe God to be in our lives. And we have to know what we believe his heart stands for. Because if we're made in his image, then what we believe about him is how we will live our life out for him. Oh, that is so good. And I just love um, you talked about, you know, the progression of where God is leading you. And the cool thing is that as you're taking these steps, you're also leading others, you know, with mm-hmm. your books and your podcasts and your coaching. It's like, okay, guys, guess what I learned? And I want you to have the yeah, same freedom. Exactly. Or, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just love that. And I think so many times, um, you know, we can either like, be stuck kind of where we are or when we start taking those steps we could realize like okay this is amazing I could see God at work and I want everyone to come along on this yeah. journey and I love how how you're doing that um so as you're you know I love how you say you're a deep thinker too as you're thinking through these things like where can you imagine yourself like going and, and continuing to encourage and help other people I love this question. I it's I wrote this down in just my journal because I'm a journaler. Love writing. It's where I kind of just get it all out in a sense. And I just wrote down yesterday that some of the the, the biggest thing on my heart is 
heal the sick, Mm -hmm. save people and strengthen his people is the three things that can kind of sum up of where my heart is right now. I think it's one thing to get saved, but we need to be strengthened. We need to be willing to ask questions about the Bible. Cause I didn't under, I was that girl. Like you could see progressions of how I read the Bible first. It was eh, maybe this is cool. I'll open it. Then it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to open it more regularly, but where am I going to land? Is this going to encourage me? Or I don't even understand it. Okay. I'm going to close it to maybe I should read like, Oh, I'm just gonna be like a chapter. And that's pretty good. Like just pick any chapter. I never touched the old Testament. Couldn't even tell you for many years what that even involved. And then I just evolved into, you know what? I should probably read from the beginning of a book. (laughs) (laughs) Then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start reading the Bible in the Old Testament. So you can see how my progression in the walk has been. And I want to come alongside women more to let's get you to know Jesus, but also pursue the truth. Because when you get saved, your life doesn't just like change right away. We get a new spirit. We're born again. We get to live in a new man, but we left behind an old body that had a lot of lies. Right. And we know our past. And so just those three things is we need to heal the sick and we need to save the people, but strengthen the people yeah. is where my heart has been. Oh, I love that so much. And I just love how it goes back to God's word because, um, you know, I mentioned when I was 17, that's when I like, God, take my life. I've screwed up. Here you go. And then he brought this awesome Christian guy. But I remember like even our first year, probably our first year of marriage, like I would get to the end of the day of the day and think I haven't even thought of God today. I haven't like it hasn't even yeah. crossed my mind. I'm watching my favorite soap opera, taking care of my baby, <laughs> doing some college classes, you know, but it like wasn't even on my mind. And so then after I had my second baby, I'm like, okay, I need to like get up early. And even if it's, it, it was kind of like you set those goals, like you're talking about, I'm going to read for 15 minutes, read the Bible yep. for yep. 15 minutes. And then it was around that time we went to this church and they started a Bible college. And it was like these online classes we had, we went, I think once a week and Sunday evenings and they had someone teach, but the first assignment, and I don't even know how far I got into it, but the first assignment was to go through every book of the Bible to write down like who wrote it, what was the theme, and um, like something that like spoke to you. And I remember I did that and it was like the first time I'd really read the Bible for myself, other than like that 15 minutes in the morning and what I'd hear from church or the verses I memorized growing up. And it was like, what? Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. And just getting in God's word changed everything. And there is like times when I'm like, oh, this is this verse is in Leviticus, but it is like the coolest verse ever. And I'm like, who would have thought mm-hmm. that there would have yeah. been stuff like that? And I think it's so important to get into God's word and to start understanding it. And there's a book, and I'll put this in the show notes that I love. Um, it's called What the Bible's All About by Henrietta Mears. And that was like, I think, one of the books we had to read with our assignment. And it just helped me understand, like, this is the bo- books of poetry, and this is history, and this is law. And um, just that understanding. N- then when you read it, you're like, I cannot believe how amazing this book ties together from being in all these different periods of history and all these different styles of writing. And it just came alive to me. And I love how you're saying, you know, we want to bring healing to people, 
but it's not going to be through us. And even if we're giving them all the encouragement we want, it is going to be pointing them to God's word and God's word will bring healing in ways that we can never imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, I, you know, it's funny because I'm like, yeah, there's so many layers. I'm like, I have, you know, just me reading right now, just each chapter and looking at commentary, that's where I'm at. And then it's like a whole other layer when you start really looking at it as like you said, even the poetry, the books of the law, like it's, there is so much death, which death, depth (laughs) of the Bible is that I think that's what overwhelms people. And just being willing though, to have those layers and just the pursuit, you know, I've been saved for 10 years and I can sometimes, every time I feel like I say this, I'm like, well, I feel like the last couple of years is when I really started taking it serious. And then a couple of years I'll be like, you know what? It's really the last couple of years I've taken it serious because you're <laughs> growing and you're just like, okay, I'm taking it more serious in a sense of I'm pursuing. I want to know, I want to get deeper. I want to be able to explain things more. And, and that's kind of where really where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. And I love, again, that as you're going along, you're like, hey, guys, come on, let's do this. Let me share, let <laughs> yeah. me share what I'm going, what I'm doing and what I'm yeah. learning. And um, then you mix that with type A personality. And you know, I just, I, I love that, that God looks at each of us. And as he transforms us, um, you know, he just gives us the ability to, to help others around us. And I, I remember one of my friends told me years ago, we should always have someone that we're looking ahead that can like counsel us and guide us. And then someone that's like walking alongside and the people behind us that we're encouraging. And yeah. um, it, it's so important to just be thinking of, okay, who needs to hear this message or who can I encourage that? And for me, you know, having the kids in my house, um, we have five in the house right now, five out of the house. <laughs> so we have lots of kids that we're encouraging <laughs> at, at different levels, but each one of them, um, it's, it's seen how I need to, you know, share God's truth with them, whether it's my little nine-year-old or it's my 31-year-old. <laughs> There's, you know, yeah. different ways of reaching Absolutely. out and encouraging them. Yeah. I And I think that, you know, even when we look at Jesus and how he had him and his father, he went alone and then he had his top three and then he had the rest of the disciples and then he had the crowd that he impacted, but he always went to the father, like his father was everything. And we have kind of the same circle, right? You know, the one that we look to, the one that are around us and Mm -hmm. the ones that we serve. Yeah. And I think it's just a beautiful example of that. Like you said, Yeah. Okay. I want to bring up one more thing because I think there's going to be people that are going to need to hear this too. And I want to talk about waiting well. (laughs) And, you know, I think sometimes when we feel like this is the message I want to give, or this is the things I want to do, or um, I know God can use me in this way. And then sometimes there comes the waiting where I remember when I first started writing, I went to my first conference in 94. Um, and then my first book didn't get published until 2000. And so there's lots of years where things didn't happen as quickly as I wanted to. Now, looking back, I'm thankful now. I could see God's hand. But let's talk a little bit about that waiting well. I think when we hear waiting, we think complacency. Mm-hmm. And I, that's so important to really make sure you're not just sitting back and kind of just praying in your closet and not putting uh, action to the words or the prayers that you've prayed. And so waiting well is, this is what I say to that is it's complacency or contentment in truth without complacency in action. 
you know the things that God has spoken over you, or you can hold true to his promises of like, this is what his word says about, I, I don't lack any good thing, you know, uh, oppression is far from me or do not have an anxious thought, or I do not labor in the Lord in vain, you know, so the works of my hands, um, they're, they're not unseen and holding on to those promises in the midst of waiting can keep us in the pursuit of action. Yeah. That means that even though I don't see it nor feel it doesn't mean it's not a truth in my life. And that's where this whole waiting well is really a heart posture, isn't it? It's, I can believe God regardless if my senses see it or experience it right now. Yeah. That was really good. See, I'm taking notes still. <laughs> yeah, I think it- it's, it's, you know, I've been in the process, you know, in, in business in a sense of waiting. Uh, you know, I wrote a book last year, finished it in the third uh, quarter and spent the fourth quarter pursuing agents, writing a proposal. And the first quarter of this year, hearing a lot of no's, mm-hmm. a lot of no's to writing opportunities and to agents or of the nose that said, you know, not right now, you know, we don't have you, uh, we can't release this. You're not for us, all the things, but I know I'm called to write. Mm-hmm. I know that writing is my love language. I like words. Therefore, I'm not going to stop writing because of the time of nose. Right. I know that I'm going to still show up. I'm going to hold on to the promises that he's showed me or that have been in my heart. And I will still pursue them. And I think that's what's important is a lot of times we go through hard times of no's or frustration and we think we missed the boat or we think we messed up or maybe this isn't the right path. But sometimes it's just the fact that, yes, I can say it's not the right time, but where our heart is, the season that we're in, and maybe there's more preparation to be had. But I don't I don't want to just stop showing up because it hasn't happened the way I thought it should right. in my timeline. Yeah. And that's so good. I think it's also just being faithful to serve whatever audience he gives us at that time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember, and I've, I've talked about this before in my podcast, but um, you know, I've written a lot of books and you know, some are good sellers. Some are okay sellers. Some haven't sold as, sold as well as I wanted them to. And then, you know, I have people that I've mentored and helped and took, taken the, to writers conferences and their books have like, bestsellers list all over the place. And I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm helping them. And their sales far exceed me. Um, and I just felt God's like spirit saying, if I, if I would have had that happen to one of your books, would you have written the other things I needed you to write? Uh, no, mm-hmm. no, probably not. I probably would have just ride on that coattails for a while, enjoyed yeah. that success. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have need to work hard because the money would be there, you know, from all the sales. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to write the message, share the message, speak the message, whatever it is, Facebook, Instagram, the message, whatever it is today to the people who God wants me to share today and then just leave the results up to him. Because I think so many times we we always will want the next thing, the bigger platform, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the more accolades or whatever. And God just wants us to be faithful with whatever he's put us. And um, mm. that's all we need to do. That's all. Yeah. It reminds me of that scripture. The faith, those who are faithful with little will be faithful with much. And that goes with the heart posture of whatever you have now, are you stewarding it? Well, are you, are you using your gifts in the little? And cause if, when you have the much, you'll still be that same person, you know, maturely, spiritually mature more, but it doesn't change who you are having the more because you are faithful in the little. 
Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So um, there's people that might be listening that says, okay, I like this chick. I know she can encourage me. Um, I would love to connect with her more. So where can they connect with you? And, um, just, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you, I am on social media pretty much everywhere at Jessica Hoddle, but I love hanging out on Instagram. You can DM me, um, doing in stories, anything like that. Or you can come follow me on my podcast over there as well on what's the truth. I address a lie every week that we tend to believe and bring truth to it. And those are my two main things right now that I just love. Um, my passion projects, I guess you could say. <laughs> awesome. So if they just go to your website, they'll see on the top all the places they can connect with you and we'll make sure and have yep, that. That's the model, yep. Yep. We'll make sure and have that in the show notes too. Friend, do you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for people like Jessica who are willing to come and share their truth so that others can find freedom and worth and wholeness. Who would have thought that the world would be facing so many hardships right now. Now, even when I recorded this with Jessica, there was, there was the pandemic, but now there is so much more going on. There are so many more challenges. There are so many more places that are evidence that we need to find freedom and worth and wholeness. Now, it seems like the world has turned into a battlefield overnight. And I'm not just speaking of outward protests and riots, but also of inward struggles that fuel all these outward actions. People are hurting. We see that all over and evidence of that is on the news daily. Yet, even though we see those outward displays, there are others who have more quiet struggles and these struggles may keep them up at night. And during the day, they might feel that ache that is unwanted, but oh, so familiar. And like Jessica, we need to discover our freedom and know our worth so we can find wholeness in Christ. Now, did you know that the armor of God has only one offensive weapon? And that's the sword. Ephesians six seventeen says, and accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword, which the spirit gives you. So when we know God's word, like Jessica and I were talking about, the truth changes everything. And recently my little school-age son and I were watching Zorro and I introduced him to the movie. Um, and at the beginning, Zorro is so clumsy with his sword. He has big emotions and little skill, but his mentor during this very emotional and heated battle where Zorro was fighting with all emotion and no skill, his, um, or the, the men, the mentee that would soon be Zorro was fighting the real Zorro with all emotion and a uh, little skill. And the mentor disarmed him and he told him, if you seek revenge now, you're going to be killed. And seeing his mentor's skill, Zorro chose to submit and become teachable. And I think that really is us. So many times we have so many emotions, but we don't have skill at turning to God's word and understanding it. And really, the skill comes when we do it, when we open the Bible. I remember when I had these little babies at home, my kids that are now um, 31 and almost 28, I would sit there and wake up early and get my Bible. And I didn't understand everything, but daily as I read God's word and I got devotional books and um, teaching books, I began to 
know God's word. I began to believe God's word. I began to see myself differently. And I began to fight with the sword of God's word. Now, Jesus was an expert at this. Jesus, um, when the enemy, Satan, came at him with lies, when the tempter came and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus said, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus knew how to use the word of God to fight the enemy. And I think that's what we need to do too. We need to use the word of God to fight the enemy, but we have to know the word of God. We have to be in the um, word of God in order to use the truth. We need to know the truth. And in my own life, the more I understand God's word, the more I begin to use it and I still use it when I'm feeling discouraged. I remember that, you know, God tells me to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to me. When I seek God, he will take care of everything else. I, when I um, just struggle with knowing what is right for me and my family, I think of Proverbs 3, five and six that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So it's times that when I'm struggling and I feel the enemy's lies that tell me that I'm doing the wrong thing or going the wrong direction, that I go back to those memorized verses. Um, I go back to those times when I open the Bible and read them and I continue to do that. I go to my Bible and open it and read it and it changes everything. So I am so thankful again for Jessica and, and her explaining to us importance of getting into God's word. And I love that she has a podcast um, just for that, which we mentioned, and we'll have the links in the show notes, but her um, podcast is what's the truth. And really it's going back to what is the truth? What does God's word tell us is the truth? Not what our emotions are telling us is the truth, but what does God's word tell us is the truth? And so our walk it out verse for today is, is Ephesians six seventeen, And it says, and accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword, which the spirit gives you. So let me just pray for us today. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful for Jessica. I'm so thankful for her coming on and sharing how your word brought freedom and under, helped her understand her worth and brought wholeness into her life. I thank you so much that you are always there for us. You desire us to draw near to you. You have given us your word that we can use as a sword to fight the enemy. Lord, I pray for all the hurting people. Lord, I know there are legitimate reasons why people are hurting right now. And I pray, Lord, that you will bring unity in our nation. You will help us to love in exceptional ways to reach out to help and support. I pray that love will overcome the violence and that truth will overcome the darkness and the pain. I pray that each of us will turn and look at ways that we can change and we can be more forgiving and understanding to others in our lives. Lord, I pray for Jessica. I pray that you will help her and bless her as she continues to reach out and minister to other people. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, I am so thankful that you tune in to Walk It Out. Now, you may have noticed recently, I have been releasing two episodes a week. We had a huge problem, which isn't a problem at all, but I love talking with people. I loved hearing their stories. I connect, love connecting with them. Um, I love the break it gives me to take a <laughs> just 
step out from the everyday life to sit down at my computer to record a podcast to have these wonderful conversations. Um, and my assistant, my amazing assistant, Kristen's like, hey, we have so many stacked up. Like, we need to start releasing these more often. So at least for a while, we're going to be releasing um, two a week. And I just hope that these will be the messages that you need to give you hope and encouragement. Now, if you are new to Walk It Out, go back and listen to the archives. There's over a hundred different interviews there where I just highlight um, amazing women and some men who are just seeking God, who are desiring to grow in Him, who are encouraging and inspiring other people. So go back and check out those episodes. um, And I hope that you will be encouraged. But friend, I just pray that if you are really struggling today, that you will turn to God's word. You will pull out those little scripture cards. You will open your Bible. You will even go to a Bible app um, on your phone and just get into God's word. I promise you, it'll make all the difference in your life. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.